pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 275. Today I'm going to chat with Travis Kennedy, discuss a response from UPS regarding firearm tracking, highlight a new carry gun from Bruger, and talk about a Grinch that went viral. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Travis, how are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you for having me, Ava. Of course. Okay, so Happy we're to be here. good. I'm glad. At least somebody is. No, I'm just kidding. I'm ex- <laughs> I'm ecstatic to be here. <laughs> By the way, if you hear any like noise in the background, I'm in my office and I've used my office to like throw Christmas presents in there where I'm like wrapping stuff. But Peaches loves to get into like all the wrapping stuff. And I'm just like, get away from there. Right now she's on my lap, but I feel like it's not going to last forever. If you hear like crinkling, that's her like stepping on the wrapping paper. Yeah, absolutely. Just, <laughs> yeah, just put it out there. All right. Before we get into it, Smith & Wesson. We actually just met for the first time in person last week in Florida for a Smith & Wesson event, which was a lot of fun. We'll talk about that more here shortly. But mm-hmm. we did shoot the M2.0 competitor that they just came out with. What were your thoughts on that? Just like right out of the box, which it's supposed to basically be ready for competition, you know, open the box other than slapping an optic on it, which depends on what competition you're doing or your preference. But I thought it was great personally. But what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, that was the first time I actually got to shoot it. And I was, uh, to be honest, I was thoroughly impressed with it. Just straight out the box, off the line, be able to shoot like that, especially with all the components, all the upgrades it comes with. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. And we got to run it pretty much two days. I mean, and then that second day, we ran it for a full, pretty much eight hours of training all day. Yeah. At least I did too with training and stuff like that. So I was impressed. I mean, it was shooting good. It feels great. The performance on it was was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to find a, a negative thing about that gun. I know. The only thing that I could think of is I wish they ported the barrel. I think that would have made it a much flatter shooter, but that's something that, you know, anyone can do on their own. It's not going to cost like mm-hmm. a ton to do that. But I would say that's really the only downfall. Other than that, this was a home run. And then the price MSRP is $9.99. And initially when I got this gun a few weeks ago to review it, I was looking at it and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to price this at because we never know what the price is until it comes out. And I was like, I bet you they sell this for at least $1,400. So I was really surprised when they came out with this and it was like, yeah, under $1,000. And that's just MSRP. So like at the store, you can get it probably for like 800 and, you know, some change. But yeah, with all the upgrades. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it comes with four magazines either 17 or 10 round, depending on what you prefer, or if you live in the restricted states. It has lightning cuts to reduce the weight in specific spots to improve like the recoil balance, five-inch barrel, it's optic ready. The trigger on it, I was really impressed with. That was probably my favorite, actually, is just super light, crisp trigger, very Mm -hmm. little, you know, the reset is like non-existent. I mean, it's very little travel for that reset. It's available in the tungsten gray Cerakote, but I did see the two-tone version. I don't know if you checked that on the website, but I think if I had a choice, I'd probably get the two-tone because it has that tungsten gray Cerakote body, so the frame, and then the slide is black, and it just looked kind of cool. 
No, yeah, it looks sick. It looks great. Yeah. So I actually just recorded my review last night. I'm going to put it up. So by the time the show comes out, my video will have been up on YouTube. So definitely head on over to my YouTube channel. Check it out. Travis, I, I'm assuming that you're probably going to put one out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll go over your your YouTube channel and stuff here shortly as well so that people can check that out. But in the meantime, head on over to smith-wesson.com and take a look at that gun. The trigger, because it was good, it was, it was their enhanced trigger because of the, the metal series rather yeah. than the traditional. Their new It is a new trigger, but with this gun specifically, I think it's it's their enhanced I know. I, that I saw sear. that. Yeah. So I was going to say they did something to the sear, whether it was like they polished it or like you said, it was lighter. And I meant to look into that because it definitely is not your typical MMP 2.0 trigger. Although I love that trigger as well. This trigger is definitely a little bit more enhanced. So as if that could be possible, but that's pretty good for a stock trigger. It's pretty amazing. Cool. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Travis, uh, really happy to have you on the show. I'm super impressed with you, and I, if people don't know this by now, so you are Smith & Wesson's newest ambassador, yeah. and which we recorded like a funny reel about, so hopefully Smith & Wesson posts that soon because it was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I made a joke where I was like, who are you? And you're like, Travis Kennedy. And I was like, Psh, never heard of her. But honestly, <laughs> in my defense, so there is some truth to that. I actually did not know who you were until Smith & Wesson told me about you. But that's because you've only been in the industry for three years. Before that, you were a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of tell me how you got into firearms. Because we talked a little <clears throat> bit when we were in Florida. And you grew up in California, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, California gun laws are horrible. And Atrocious. from what I'm understanding is you didn't shoot a gun until you joined the military, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. But I mean, when I was a kid, my parents didn't have any type of firearms. I wasn't around firearms. The only person I knew had a gun was our guns was my grandfather. But I never shot as a kid until I joined. And so what was that like? Well, first, let's backtrack. So when you joined the Navy... And then how do you become a Navy SEAL? That might be a stupid question, but I actually don't know. Yeah. Well, I joined in 2006. Um, I was in pretty much 12 and a half years, some change. Um, but kind of early on, figured out what I wanted to do in the, in the service. I wanted to be in the service for quite a while before I even joined. So it was always on my top of the list for career goals. But when I joined, basically what you do is you, you tell them you want to be a SEAL. But back then, I had to pick a backup job essentially mm-hmm. just in case because that's a high like fallout rate so i picked a job i tested out did the physical fitness test and you, that's kind of like the first stepping stone once you pass that then you kind of get something in writing and you know you go through the typical let's go through the navy boot camp once that's done you test out again and then eventually you go to buds basic underwater demolition school you know seal training that's like kind of like the fundamental school it's six months long and you have to get through that, pretty much become a Navy SEAL. There's more training after that, but that's kind of like the first selection process. Hmm. And what does that training include at BUDS? So that's broken up into seven-week blocks. It's three phases. And kind of the first phase of BUDS is basically the selection. That's just, you're getting mentally and physically just beat down. 
Hmm. And that the whole point of that phase is basically just kind of weed out the people who, who really just don't want to be there. Yeah. They say they want to be there, but they really don't because they're being tested physically, mentally harder than they've ever been tested in their entire life. Kind of like the crucible, the big stepping stone in first phase is that hell week that you probably maybe read about, heard about, but five days, no sleep. You get a couple of naps, hour naps, two hour naps here and there, but you basically just get pushed all day and night, miserable. And that's kind of, once you get through that, that's on week four, I believe, uh, if I recall. And once you kind of make it through that, they have like a core group. It doesn't get any easier, but it's definitely, you kind of weed out the people who actually want to be there. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on to second phase, which is a dive phase, which you learn kind of the ins and outs of, of diving. Scuba diving, closed circuit diving, which when I look back, I found that phase harder than first phase just because you're still getting punished physically and mentally every day. It doesn't mm-hmm. get easier. <laughs> and then the last phase is called is third phase. And that's basically where you actually get it's weapons training, small unit tactics, demolition, small arms. And that's pretty much the first I other than boot camp, I touched a gun in Navy boot camp, which is like a Beretta M9, I believe, mm-hmm. like old school. And yeah. then a Remington 870 shotgun. And we basically, that was like a day. I was like, we cut and never touched again in Navy boot camp. Fast forward to SEAL training. Once in, I was in third phase, that's when we actually get to start putting our hands on, you know, mm-hmm. the M4s. We got issue. Basically, I was running with the P226, um, six hour, and mm-hmm. then Daniel Defense Mark 18s. Huh. And what was that like? Like your first couple, you know, the first times that you handled a firearm? Oh, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, I got attracted to firearms really early on in my career. I always loved shooting, but yeah, yeah I was hooked pretty much at that point. Cause at that point, you're, that's like, that's like the fun shit. You yeah. Know? You're like blowing stuff up. You learn demolition. You get to shoot guns. Huh. And we really, even in, even in buds, you, you shoot a lot. You know, you got to do some quals. You got to pass these qualifications, like standard shooting qualifications, because mm-hmm. you, you can get dropped out if you don't pass those as well. So you kind of, you can't be complete incompetence. But yeah, that, ever since then, that was kind of like my first real experience actually shooting those types of firearms. Hmm. Nice. And so I got to believe like when they, you know, mentally and physically abuse you. So my cousin, she is in the Air Force and she's a special agent and she mm. just went to a training. It's funny. I went to Florida. She went to, I think it was like Texas when I was telling her, cause she was like, Oh, how was your trip? And I was like, Oh, it's okay. I was like, you know, my hand got hurt a little bit. It almost looks like I have slide by on my right hand, but it's really just because I gripped the gun and I think it like pinched skin as I was gripping it. Yeah. So it's like almost like a blood blister. It looks kind of gross. And so I showed her a picture and she was like, Oh cool. Well, I got a bloody lip. <laughs> And, and she said that basically she did this training where they essentially kidnap you. They throw a bag over your head. She had to sit on the concrete floor for like six hours. They punched her in her face. She got a bloody lip. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just like, you know, cause she's about to go overseas. So they're just like mentally, you know, preparing them. And I'm she's like, I see your training. Yeah. I don't, I, I honestly don't know. They also taught her like how to get out of handcuffs and duct tape and stuff like that. And I was like, cool, teach me what you learned. <laughs> Cause I'm like fascinated <laughs> by it. But I'd imagine that that's kind of similar. Like they put you through stuff like that and, oh, yeah. and it's oh, gotta yeah. be pretty challenging. I mean, even though at the end of the day, you're like, okay, this is somewhat fake. It's still hard. 
And I mean, even just being deprived of sleep, very few people are actually even able to do that. I know that I would not be able to do that. Yeah, it's super. That whole training pipeline was super challenging for me. I mean, I was a young kid. I was 18 years old, 19 years old going through it. I really didn't know what the hell I was yeah. honestly getting into. Back then, like there wasn't as much information. Like I was on Instagram, yeah. all, all these cool guy videos on YouTube and stuff about it. So I literally found out, read a pamphlet from a Navy recruiter about it. And right. I was like, yeah, that's that's me. Nice. And I then like- I showed up and kind of hit the ground running, but super difficult, challenging in every way, you know? Yeah. And people always ask, like, what's the hardest part? I mean, you pretty much you just have to push through mentally the grind every single day. Yeah. Uh, you got you have to actually want to be a SEAL. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just go there and be like, hey, it's a cool idea. That's that's where people just disappear. Yeah, that makes sense. Then what is the job of a Navy SEAL? Wow. Navy SEALs, man, they, do, they have such a variety of different hats. They wear, I would say, predominantly, we do, like, foreign internal defense, where kind of unconventional warfare, mm-hmm. go over to different kind of a different country. We connect with their kind of local special forces kind of unit mm-hmm. and we train together. We train them up, you know, we do collaborative training and then, you know, and then we kind of let them do their business in their country. That's kind of one of their main, the main focuses. But while I was in, I did a little bit, of, I did that, but also it kind of went, I went to Afghanistan and we fought war too. Mm-hmm. And, but I would say their kind of specialty, what they're known for is that maritime aspect, that water aspect, diving, maritime operations. That's what the SEALs are kind of like their go-to specialty. Hmm. But the last, obviously, 20 years, we haven't really done much in the water because yeah. of where we're at. And But that's shifting too. But I would say that's like the main kind of skill set of Navy SEALs. Gotcha. Comparing to other units. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about primary arms. If you're like me and you're still dragging your feet on Christmas shopping, which I've only gotten my feet wet, I still have so much to do and it's already like 10 days away from Christmas. Oh man, that sounds so bad. Obviously, you know, this show's pre-recorded, so but today is the 15th. But there is still time if you guys are looking for some really great Christmas deals, especially for the gun lover in your life. Right now, they have a lot of big discounts on tons of stuff, including like 45% off primary arms optics, all kinds of AR parts, magazines. You also, they have a primary arms tactical Christmas stocking for just $6, which is available in different colors. They even have Magpul ugly Christmas sweaters, which I don't know if you had a chance to see that, but they are selling them for $34.99. And they also have hats available. I just saw them in person. They were kind of cool. But I feel like it's more of a man's fit, not a woman's fit. Otherwise, I totally would have bought it. Lots of great deals. Definitely check it out. Remember, if you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, when you purchase the GLX 1 to 6 by 24 FFP optic, you're going to get a free one-piece scope mount. And that is primaryarms.com. I have to ask, what made you get out of the military? Because isn't it, I'd imagine it's probably the same with all military organizations where like after 20 years you could retire and it's actually a pretty good package. Yeah. I think at that point I was, I really started to think about it when I was an instructor back in like 2015 and I just reached a point in my career, I guess I just wanted kind of a lifestyle change mm-hmm. and I would just, at that point I was basically at the 10 year mark 
And basically at that point, I was looking ahead, like, hey, what, what's my life going to be like the next 10 years? What am I going to be doing? What do I actually truly want to do? And ultimately, I think it just came down to, I didn't want to do that for another 10 years. And I, I just wanted to try something new with my life. I guess looking ahead, I wasn't super motivated kind of doing the same thing. Because mm-hmm. in reality, you know, that you go back and forth from different commands. You go do a SEAL team, then you'll go do like an instructor role, then you go back to a SEAL team. And nine times out of 10, it's like rinse and repeat. You're doing pretty much the same thing, same type of training going overseas. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to do something else. I'm yeah. you know, almost thir- at that point I was like 28 or something like that. I was like, I'm still, still young. I can do something new. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I decided to, to get out. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm kind of the same way where if it just becomes your everyday grind, it just gets boring and I, I lose, mm-hmm. you know, interest pretty quickly. From there you got out and you had a bunch of different jobs, which is pretty impressive. I'm like, cool. What'd you do like last, you know, two months at each position? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm like, if I saw your resume right now, I'm like, I definitely would not hire you. <laughs> just because, you know, I mean, you never want to hire somebody who like is only at a position for like so many months and they're just constantly trying new things. But I'm sure that it actually taught you quite a bit because, you know, I mean, everything that all your experience that led up to where you are now and you have a successful training business. And I'd like to think even, you know, like for myself, all of the experience that I gained has helped me run a successful business. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, the different things that you did as you got out of the military. I think when I got out, it was, well, backtrack when I was getting out, I was applying for the FBI Mm -hmm. and that was kind of like my next stepping stone, at least what I thought. And ultimately it didn't work out. I didn't get hired. And once I realized, and I didn't find out until I was like completely separated. So once I found out I wasn't getting hired and it fell through. I was, to be honest, I was kind of like, all right, which direction do I go now? Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, That's why I bounced around a lot. And basically when I got out, I did a couple contracting gigs, just basically this private security Mm -hmm. with the company, a bunch of ex-seals and stuff like that. Did that. And then I went to grad school here locally in uh, Orange County, business school from there. I obtained a job at SpaceX. I was doing their like private security at their facility in uh, California mm-hmm. in LA when they were still there. I think they're still there, but yeah, in, in the LA facility. Did that for like a few months and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got out of that quick because I was just so, it was so boring. Yeah. I could, it was very understimulating for me. I was like, especially where I, I would look back and like, man, I what am I doing? I yeah. was like, this is so boring. It was a good gig. I mean, don't, it was a great company. I learned a lot. It was like a, kind of a fascinating experience to see all that whole kind of mechanism work. But mm-hmm. ultimately what I was doing wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. So I stopped that. I became a cop and did oh. that uh, for was, like two years. What was that like? Especially because I'm assuming you became a cop in California, right? Yeah. So what was that? The training like? was good. It was good. I mean, the training was a six month police academy. I did all that was a cop here locally in Orange County at a good department. They were good to me. Got to see a lot because I, I worked in the city. That was, I would say where I live in Orange County, probably one of the hardest cities as mm-hmm. far as crime-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of gangs. But it was it's tough. I mean, to be a cop here in Southern California, I'm not going to lie, it's a tough job. Even for some of my background, it was, it was fucking tough. Learned a lot about myself. Learned a lot how much how people really suck sometimes. Yeah. 
I feel like how people suck a lot, you know, you kind of get exposed to the underbelly of societies that you really don't see. At least I didn't see yeah. before that job. So, yeah, I was actually talking to a friend recently who he was a firefighter and now he works as an EMT and the amount of stuff that people see, you know, police officers, <laughs> EMT, you know, like. I can't even imagine and not to discredit military, you know, but there's a lot of resources for military who have like PTSD, but there isn't really a lot for people that work within those organizations that like, I'm sure probably see like horrible stuff. And um, my friend, I mean, he'd even, you know, he'd tell me like, cause you know, EMT, you know, ambulance, they're the first people usually to show up and they see a lot of this stuff that I don't know. I couldn't even imagine. And then, and yeah, you're right. I you, agree. You do see, you know, just like the worst of society. And I think that it would kind of change your mindset a little bit. Totally. Yeah. And that's, especially looking back, the experiences I had, I mean, it was a daily experience and things I saw were pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, stuff that I was never exposed to even being a SEAL, but it's more, it's all, especially on a repetitive basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was a SEAL, when you're home, you don't experience that maybe overseas on your own deployments. Yeah. That's part of the gig. But like here, now it's like three, four days a week. Yeah. You know, I'm 10 minutes away from the city I work in. Exactly. So yeah. no, that you makes get, you sense. really get exposed to those things and you get jaded pretty quickly, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then from there, then what did you do? There now I'm, I'm moving, but I, now I do my business. I've had my business. Oh, we need to backtrack. So I started my business before I came a cop. So I started Kennedy Defensive Solutions. I had that. I did that pretty much to put to pay my bills and kind of put food in my mouth. And I became a cop. I had the business still. And then once I stopped, kind of resigned from being a cop, I now run the business. Gotcha. Okay. And then you're doing this. So you've had Kennedy Defensive Solutions for, is it three years? Yeah, three years. Okay. And then you've worked with like a few other companies. What was it? Black, it's Blackhawk, Gators, and you know, a few other companies that Trig- have sponsored you. Trigicon, yeah. Yeah, Blackhawk and Gators were my two first since like I first started the company. And then yeah, now obviously Trigicon and Smith and Wesson. Yeah. Smith and Wesson. Did they just call you one day, like reach out and was like, hey, you know, we want to talk, maybe sponsoring <laughs> you? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, but then it yeah, exactly it happened kind of like that, but then they contact me directly. They contacted um a rep at Blackhawk because they, they do work together uh-huh. and kind of, they got my number through my contact at Blackhawk. And then they reached out to me. It was one of their, I think Vince or Dave reached out to me and kind of, we connected and long story, he basically just told me like they've been following me for quite some time. And, you know, I was, I was blown away. I didn't really think that came out of left field for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And were you using their guns previously? No, not predominantly. I have some, but I wasn't use. I wouldn't say I would use them like twenty all the time. Yeah. So having them contact me, I was pretty pretty shocked. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. A lot of companies will follow you for a few years before they pull the trigger on offering you, you know, some sort of sponsorship. Because I know Federal, when I signed with them, they were like, "Yeah, we've been following you for years," which I was like, "Cool," and you still didn't change your mind. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're just like man, this is crazy. Like things, you know, and, and I'm also, I work with Smith and Wesson. I'm not 
per se a brand ambassador where I only exclusively use Smith & Wesson guns like you are, but I've been working with Smith & Wesson since 2019 and just incredibly like lucky to be doing so. It's it's one mm-hmm. of those companies where, I don't know, I just feel like you know some of these companies that you've always held in high regard and even like federal premium, you know, their ammunition, I've always used their ammo not exclusively. I mean, I use like Fioki and the Seller and Bellet, however the hell right. you pronounce that. But, you know, you always like look, you know, like think highly of these companies and then to oh, work yeah. directly with them. You're just like, is this a dream? Like, it's pretty incredible. I'm, I agree. I mean, and I think that they did a great job picking you. I, you know, at first I was like, oh, I didn't really know who you were. They mentioned you and I was like, oh, OK, I'll meet them in Florida. But after getting to know you, I'm like, yeah, they did an awesome job, you know, choosing you like you're definitely, you know, top notch. You're really like easy to like, which, you know, even a lot of male instructors, especially some that are ex-military aren't always, you know, like you're approachable and mm-hmm. pretty. I mean, so how the event went is we trained with Jerry McLeck for half the day on the pistol side. And then we went over to the rifle side and we trained with you on rifle and pistol. We incorporated some pistol in there. And I had so many issues with my, not with my rifle, but me just, I think it was like towards the end of the day, I was tired. I was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I had like screwed up miserably, but you weren't like a jerk about it. You weren't just like, what are you doing? You know, like that drill sergeant type, Mm -hmm. like you're just like, cool things happen. You know, here's another magazine. And yeah, I'm really happy that they chose you to work with them. No, I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot, but yeah, like I'm super humbled to even like you said, it's kind of like a dream. You, I would never even imagined myself working with these types of companies, even before, like while I was in the service. Yeah. And now actually having to work with them is like, it's wow. I'm, I guess I'm impressed too. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Mantis. Have you ever used the Mantis system? Any of their systems? A couple times. I don't own one, but I've used one through a, a friend. I don't know if you are aware, but they have their Blackbeard X system. So previously, they had their Blackbeard. They just recently came out with the Blackbeard X. I think it was last month. And this allows you to dry fire your AR. And mm. previously, before that, dry firing an AR was kind of a pain because, you know, you'd have to pull back that charging handle, reset the trigger, and... It just wasn't really feasible, but they've created a system where you take out the charging handle, the bolt carrier group, put in the Mantis system, which is a cutout of the charging handle and bolt carrier group, and then insert the magazine, which is the battery pack. The X, though, unlike the Blackbeard, the regular Blackbeard, the Blackbeard X has the analytics of the Mantis X in one unit. So you're able to dry fire. It has that auto resetting trigger system, but also gives you the analytics of your movement before, during, and after you pull that trigger. And it's pretty impressive to see. They have the Blackbeard X's 299 with no laser, 319 with a red laser, or 349 with a green or infrared laser. And I believe there's still time if you guys want to buy them as Christmas gifts, which I think would make an awesome gift, head on over to mantisx.com. Travis, I'm sure you may get asked this a lot, or maybe you don't. I'm just weird. But are you by chance related to the Kennedys at all? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I've been asked that my whole life. Or Tim Kennedy. That's a lot of, actually recent life people asked me if I'm related to Tim Kennedy. I'm not. Huh. not. No relation to any of them. Gotcha. Okay. 
I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> and when you worked at SpaceX, did you by chance meet Elon Musk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How was it? It was, it was fine. It was just a quick, it was just, yeah, I was just a quick met and walked away. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> we would see him every day sitting in his little, his little office cubicle. Like he would, his office would be, is like on the main floor next to all the people all the engineers. So he didn't, he wasn't like away from everybody. He was like in the mix. It was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Let's talk about your training company. So what all do you teach at Kennedy defensive solutions? So I teach you know, firearms training specifically. So I started out doing, I still do private lessons and pistol fundamentals, rifle fundamentals, um, and then rifle pistol fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And then for open enrollment group courses, same thing pistol fundamentals i'll do rifle fundamentals and then i'll do more like an intermediate to an advanced course i call it my combat shooting course basically it's rifle pistol at the same time running and gunning with that and then also offer a red dot pistol red dot sight course okay nice and you also offer i saw it was like a membership on your site what does that involve so yeah that's basically you get access to my kind of virtual training I have my website as well. So a lot of the courses I teach in person basically just transferred into virtual training for those who can't come out, could access it there. So that membership will include that. It includes you access basically to me. I do like live streams weekly, live Q and A's. I'll kind of critique people. People will post like videos of themselves shooting and then I'll kind of give them feedback. Hey, do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. It's more of like kind of like a more personal type community of people who want more instruction who can't actually come out here. Yeah. I like it. One of the things that you taught when we were on the range was, you know, going from like rifle to pistol. And that's something that I actually haven't really trained with at all. And I was sort of on the struggle with because one, it was like, you don't just put your gun down, but you, I noticed, and I was watching somebody else recently do this, but they put their gun down with the magazine facing towards like laying on their left side. Mm-hmm. If they're right-handed and then, but is there a reason for that? Yeah. Like remember from what I taught you in Florida, I taught both ways that way or where you just basically lay it down and you don't kind of rotate it. So if you're right-handed shooter and you rotate the rifle, basically clockwise, the magazine will end up on the left side. Mm-hmm. And basically what that does, it kind of keeps that support hand free and clear. So you can go ahead, when you go ahead and kind of get a good purchase on that, that handgun. Gotcha. When you go to, going for that draw um the other way kind of blocks that hand you kind of your support hand kind of gets trapped underneath it but they're both both ways are viable that's why i taught both yeah that makes sense yeah so the only reason why i ask is because recently i was just watching somebody else do it and they were doing transition drills and they did the same thing and i was like huh and i guess i forgot the reason for that but that makes sense. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be practicing that. And that's one of those things where I could even practice inside my home, just, you know, acting like I'm shooting, I could use the Mantis system and then put Mm -hmm. that down and then, you know, pull out my pistol. Definitely. So, all right. Any plans for the future? I know you are going to shot show and this is your first shot show, right? It is my first shot show. So it's, and it's like my first real time actually kind of going head first in the firearms industry. How do you, you know, these that? events I've been going with like this first event in Florida, these are like my real events. Like mm-hmm. I would say firearms industry events I've ever been to these past three years. So I'm kind of now getting a taste of it, but so far so good. And I'm actually looking forward to shot show. I'm going to be there the whole time. I'm just going to 
soak it all in. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to soak in. And I look back to when I first started going, which maybe, I don't know, it was probably eight years ago. And it's just so much fun. Like you're just, it's honestly like overwhelming. You get to the point where you're like, I don't even know if I want to look at any more guns. And I never thought that I would be like that. Like I love guns, any opportunity that I get to look at guns or if I go to a new state and I'm like, Hey, let's jump into this gun store. Let's see what they offer. Let's see what they have, you know, how it's Mm -hmm. set up and everything like that. But it gets to the point where it's so many vendors and guns and also some hot guys. So it's like the best of both worlds for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's hot guys, there's <laughs> guns, all these tactical guys, you know, I'm just like, yeah, it's like best week ever. But eventually as the years go on, you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I've seen it, you know, or you get kind of jaded where you're like, awesome. Let's see some new innovation. But like your first time you're just like, this is awesome. And then even your second time, but eventually, yeah, right. I, mean, I still enjoy it. I'm still looking forward to it. But I would love to see it through your eyes again because it's just, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So we have SHOT Show and then anything else that you have in the works that you could share with us? No, I guess like the biggest next move for me in my kind of life is I'm moving to Montana here soon. and going to get settled there and set up shop pretty much in uh, Montana. Nice. So I'll be headquartered in Montana, living there, living the dream. I'm getting out of this state. Yeah, that's probably a smart move. Although I feel like you should move to Colorado instead of Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Their gun laws aren't looking too good either. I know. <laughs> well, that's why we need more people who will vote in the right direction. <laughs> that's true. But you're right. It would be nice to live in a state. I mean, Florida too. It's like, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of states that like you still can exercise your <laughs> Second Amendment rights without any sort of regulations. But it's, yeah, it's not looking good for a lot of these states. But the only thing, like Montana's beautiful, but like I just cannot deal with their winters. It snows way too much. And as it is, like I hate shoveling my driveway. And as somebody who lives alone, it's like me that has to do it. And I have a really strict mm-hmm. HOA. So I'm like, yeah, I just, I couldn't do Montana. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lifestyle change for me because I'm a grew up in SoCal. But yeah, I'm excited to be honest with you. It's kind of, I've been wanting to move for quite a while and midwest is like where i wanted to be Mm -hmm. so we found a good place in montana so i'm I'm stoked yeah well that's good i'm happy for you although moving i don't wish that upon anyone i just did that and i'm still recovering from it mentally (laughs) that's terrible i know yeah so just i don't know just a heads up it's it's like the worst thing that could happen to you but once you get settled in, it's worth it. Can you just remind people once again, so if they want to take a training class with you, if they're in California or if they're, you know, in Montana here in the new future, or even if they want to do any of your online classes, what's your website? And then also what is your social media handles? So my website is KennedyDefensiveSolutions.com. You can find all my training through my website. And then the main way to find me on social is Travis Kennedy 267. Okay, cool. Perfect. All right, moving forward. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. I talked about UPS and everything that they're doing, how they're, you know, changing a lot of their policies. So Amoland, they recently wrote an article uh, calling UPS out. And then this also... It was like 18 state attorney generals also sent questions to UPS asking them to clarify their new policies. UPS recently responded to Amoland after, like I said, the article came out. 
outlining the details in their policy and said, your recent article about UPS tracking firearm shipments contains some information that we feel needs to be corrected. They said they updated their policy to be in compliance with the new ATF frame slash receiver rule, stating that UPS cannot accept firearms without serial numbers or any partially complete dissembled or non-functional frames or receivers that qualify as frames or receivers. UPS does not track gun purchases, nor does it have access to customer data that would detail such information. UPS has not, nor will it ever, track the purchases of guns. In addition, UPS would only provide information about firearm shipments when required to do so by law, such as in response to a subpoena or warrant. Cool. Sounds great in theory. However, that's not what their policy says, and so far they haven't made any move to change it. On the frame and receiver rule, they're, I mean, honestly, they're flat out wrong. Unfortunately, frame receivers are legal and can be shipped as long as they don't have the jig or the tools as of recent law changes. On the documentation, their policy says that UPS has unrestricted access to a shipper's books and can audit them anytime. They also say they're not tracking firearm sales, yet They make firearm dealers get separate accounts for only firearm shipments, which means every shipment is known by definition to be a firearm shipment. They say that they're only, you know, going to provide information under subpoena, but that, again, is not mentioned in their policy. Amelan responded back asking them to clarify these contradictions and, you know, to see if, like, they'll amend the policy to match their statement. So far, no word, but we'll see what happens. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, especially with like attorney generals now asking them to explain and elaborate on their policy as well, which UPS is not ATF. You know, I, they don't really have the authority to do that. Yeah. I don't see why that I mean, ATF has been overreaching big time lately. I don't get it. Yeah, I know. And really, the problem with ATF is they've been overreaching on law abiding citizens. It's not the law abiding citizens that you have to worry about. It's like, you know, keeping guns out of criminal hands. And if an FFL is sending a gun to another FFL, I mean, that's not the stuff that we really need to track per se. It's more, you know, where are criminals getting these guns and so forth. So it's pretty aggravating. Yeah, they need to kind of allocate the resources correctly. Mm-hmm. Like you said, not to the law abiding citizens who's doing everything correct. Yeah. Which seems to be like they're doing it. I know they're they're still doing the due diligence on the criminals, but they're just spending and it's putting putting the limelight too much on just like the regular everyday citizen who mm-hmm. wants to just purchase a firearm. Yep, I know. Franklin Armory, have you shot a gun with a binary trigger in it yet? I have not. Okay, so one thing that you have to do when you move to Montana is definitely get a binary trigger. And they make them for a variety of guns. The one that I think is the easiest to install is the AR trigger. And it's literally just like a drop-in, like a normal AR trigger. But it's so much fun. It's like the closest to shooting a machine gun legally without having to spend thousands Mm. of dollars for, you know, that tax stamp. Basically, how it works is you pull the trigger, it fires around, and then as you release the trigger, it fires another round. So it's like basically mm. two rounds per pull, you know, and release of the trigger as opposed to one. Super fun. They have the curved trigger. So actually, this is one thing that I do want to state. So if you go on their website and you see the ARS1 or the AR-C1, 
it took me forever to figure out like what the hell is the difference. It literally is just one is a straight trigger S1 and then the C1 is for the curved trigger. It's just a matter of preference. They both are binary. Right now they're on sale for $386.99, which is a hell of a deal. Let's check them out. Don't forget to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order at franklinarmory.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is nothing. Nobody submitted any questions. So there is something that has been in the back of my mind that I think is pretty funny. And that is talking about slang words. Recently, I hung out with, I don't know, he's like 23 years old. And he was saying all these slang words that I was like, dude, what are you talking about? What does that mean? So lately, one thing that you guys might be familiar with is the term bet. All these young kids are constantly being like, yeah, bet. Like, like, hey, man, you want to go get McDonald's? Bet. Hey, uh, (laughs) what do you think about, you know, this shirt? Bet. Like, it's just, I guess it's the equivalent of cool. I don't know. I don't totally understand it. (laughs) I would say that. I'd say equivalent to that. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Whatever. There's (laughs) other slang words that my friend filled me in and I actually wrote these down and every now and then I try to be cool, pull up my notes on my iPhone and I'm like, okay, it's under slang words. And I'm like, that way I could, you know, use them. So first one is bussin, which means it's good. Like, yeah, man, it's bussin. Those French fries be bussin. I think. I don't know. Dog water is bad. So if somebody calls you dog water or says it's dog water, that means that it's not good. Mm -hmm. Mid. So instead of somebody being like, yeah, it was mediocre. It was okay. You use the term mid. Like, Like, yeah, it was mid. Yeah, it was in the middle. It was in the middle between good and bad. Yeah, just, I mean, Travis, after this, you're pretty much going to be set to talk to all of the young folks after this. Taking notes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Say less. It means I get it. I got it. So I'm going to say that, you know, if somebody tries to mansplain me, I'm just going to be like, say less. I think that's a good way to, (laughs) (laughs) good way to shut them up. up. Yeah. Say less. Say less. This word, it Fs. We're not going to say the real word, but, you know, it's cool. That I actually heard a few times in real life. Uh, no cap. It means that be capping, not lying. And actually, this is really funny. The other day I went to this breakfast place, had breakfast with my girlfriend and this guy, this waiter, he kept like flirting with me and he was like 16 years old and I didn't have any makeup on or anything. And I was just like, oh yeah, I could still get him, you know, even without any makeup on. But he was like flirting. He comes over and he's like, so what's your name? And I was like, Ava. And he's like, oh, my name's Kevin, you know, whatever. And he's like talking. And then like five minutes later, awkwardly turns to my friend. He's like, oh, and what's your name? Like, yeah, don't worry. (laughs) Totally forgot my friend was there. (laughs) And then like two weeks later, I went to the same restaurant. Totally forgot about him. And he's like, man, I told you to sit in my section next time you come. And I was like, oh, sorry. And he was telling me how... The hostess recognized me and then he looked at my name. I don't think that that was the truth. I called him out and I was like, yeah, right. I was like, it's because I paid last time I was here and you looked at my name. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm not like no cap. And I was just like, OK, tell me you're 16 without telling me you're 16. But he no used cap. that word. That was the first time I heard it in real life. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Yeah. No cap. No cap, man. No cap. Uh, he built different. It means he's good at something. Yeah. And then good riz. Good Riz means he has game, I guess. Good Riz. Yeah. 
I'm totally using all of these at Shaw Show. I've used built different. You do I like that. You built different. You've used it's it, or you just like, like a, it. That's like a compliment, you know. Like it's yeah. built different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of them are pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Others, I'm just like, what? If somebody said, like, good riz, I would be like, what? What did you just call me? I wouldn't even know what the hell that meant. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. But who would have thought that we would reach a point in our lives where we're actually kind of old? Like, people are just, like, the younger (laughs) people are just like, forget it. You just don't get it. You don't understand. I just, I don't know. I would like to think that I'm still kind of hip. And I also, I'm 36 years old. I don't like to think I look like I'm 36, although I am reaching a point where I'm like, should I start lying about my age? Because next is 37. And that just seems like it's pretty much 40. You might as well be 40 at 37. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, maybe I should. I mean, a lot of people think I look 20. I'm like, maybe, you know, I pick up some slang words. I say I'm I'm 28 and uh, people are going to believe it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah but anyways i just hopefully now all my listeners were a little bit more hip after that or we just lost brain cells i'm not sure iwi If you guys are looking for a new EDC, definitely check out the new Masada Slim. It's one of my favorite micro compact pistols out there right now. It shoots just amazing. It's very similar between like the Sig P365 and the P365 XL in terms of size. The biggest thing is because they had to import them from Israel, they weren't as available as I would have liked them to see. But a lot of the people that follow me on social media or my patrons, they have been able to get a hold of them. So they're definitely, you know, a little bit more accessible, but it's just, it's a really nice gun. So it's optic ready. It comes with two 13 round mags or 10 rounds. Again, if you live in the restricted States has a really nice, like flat trigger, that's crisp and clean, nice reset. Best of all, it's only 450 MSRP, which means that, you know, you could probably go to a store and get it for like a little under $400, which is pretty mm-hmm. incredible for the gun and all the upgrades that you get. If you want to check these out, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and you're going to get 15% off anything in their web store. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today in Tacti Talk, Ruger just released the new Security 380, and I thought for sure we were going to be talking about the new FN that they came out with that looks like the SCAR, it's like the mini SCAR, but no, we're talking mm-hmm. about the Security 380, which I have not even seen on social media. I actually probably wouldn't know that it existed if my editor didn't put this article in here, but it's called the Security 380 Light Rack, and it's interesting because hence the name Light Rack, so it has an easy-to-rack slide. Very much like the Smith & Wesson Easy. And I am actually surprised that it's taking manufacturers this long to create a gun that is comparable to the Easy. Because when it comes to the Easy, the Smith & Wesson Easy, I can sell that gun all day long to people who might have arthritis or just don't feel like they have the hand strength to rack the slide or load the magazine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a game changer. And so I was surprised that, you know, for as big of a game changer, like look how many companies jumped on the bandwagon after SIG, you know, throughout the P365. There's been so many guns that are iterations (laughs) of that. So I was surprised that like, how come nobody has, you know, created a gun similar to the easy? 
Well, Ruger just finally did. Although I will say, I think it does take years for a gun to actually, you know, from its initial thoughts to fruition. Maybe that's why. This gun, so the flush mag holds 10 rounds. The extended mag holds 15 rounds, which is pretty incredible. And that's maybe the only downfall from the easy is that the mag capacity just isn't there. It's about roughly eight rounds. 15 rounds is pretty impressive. Granted, it is a 380. It is supposed to have, you know, an easy to rack slide on it. The way that it was built, I actually pulled up an article where it's very comparable in size to the easy, almost to the point where if I was Smith and Wesson, maybe I'd be a little annoyed. I mean, it's pretty similar. So, okay. Yeah. The security 380 in length, it's 6.52 inches. The 380 shield easy is 6.5 inches. The height, they're both five inches with both, well, 1.02 inches for the security, 1.05 inches for the easy. And then as far as weight, the security 380 is 19.7 ounces. The shield easy is 18.5 ounces. So very similar. But yeah, I don't know. I would really like to try it out though. It does have a drift adjustable rear sight and a fiber optic front sight. It's not optic ready, but it does have the standard Picatinny rail on the front for accessories, which I know a lot of these micro compact guns don't. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. And then MSRP is $369, which is pretty good price. But we'll see. Maybe I'll check it out when I go to SHOT Show. I'm sure they'll have it on display. I like to feel it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd like to feel it, and then I'd like to see exactly how easy this slide is to rack, because even though they claim it, it may not be, or it might be yeah. amazing, you know? But you really just, you can't tell just by reading it. You have to really get your hands on it, which I'd love to do. Caldwell. Travis, do you have an outdoor range that you use? Yes, I do. All right. So you should check out the Target Turner from Caldwell. So it's basically a Target stand with the capability to rotate the target by 90 degrees quickly, which is a really great way to, you know, have an interactive shoot, no shoot training target, especially in your classes. Um, Or if nothing else, just like friendly competition. It comes with reusable target backers and works with IPSC, IDPA, and action pistol cardboard targets as well. It collapses into a carry bag for transport and runs off eight AA batteries for eight hours so that you can use it anywhere. They're only $114.99, but you're going to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order, and that is caldwellshooting.com. Travis, you definitely need to check it out. Very cool, yeah. Especially all their other targets. Actually, if you're looking for like affordable steel to put on your range, they also have like the best price steel that holds up to all the abuse. I would definitely recommend that as well. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome as never mind af all right today's af segment rizzo the grinch and really i was reading this and i was like all right let's click on this picture to get an idea so i'd recommend click on the link in the show notes they did a really awesome job with this so okay the grinch stole christmas but rizzo the schnauzer 
may seal your heart with the new hairdo. Rizzo's owner took him to the salon to get into the holiday spirit and had his pup's hair dyed to look just like the Grinch. His head, neck, legs, and part of his lower back are the signature green of the Grinch, with his chest and upper body dyed red with a little bit of white to look like a Santa suit. His family shared pictures and videos to social media, which went viral because, I mean, honestly, the salon did a hell of a job. At first, when you're reading this, you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be like kind of a half-assed job, but they did like a really good job. And I'm like, huh, how much did they charge for this? <laughs> I'm looking at the photo now. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty freaking cute. <laughs> they had the caption, he isn't a mean one, but he is the Grinch. Not everyone was impressed. Someone said, why do people do stuff like this? Another said, that should not be allowed, poor baby. And then someone added, some people don't deserve animals, which I like disagree with. I mean, obviously, the dye that they used is made for animals. It's non-toxic. If anything, I mean, it was essentially like giving a dog a bath. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but either way, I mean, for owners to go out and like have this done to their dogs, I mean, I'm sure that they do love their dogs very much. I don't think that they're yeah, the type Yeah, I don't think that, it's any type of abuse or anything, but it looks, it's fine, yeah. Yeah. Of course they love their dogs. But yeah, some people are just, I don't know. Rizzo's family loves the Grinch and thought a Schnauzer's naturally grumpy look face from their haircut would make the perfect Grinch. The groomer, of course, like I said, used temporary safe dyes, no bleach, and had no discomfort at all. In fact, he's loving the extra attention. The mom responded to the backlash with, Welcome to the internet in this day and age. Everyone has an opinion. My goal <laughs> in doing this was to make people smile and help spread holiday cheer. Who doesn't love a Christmas dog? Apparently, a lot of people. <laughs> but obviously, not everyone's comments were negative. One woman going through right. cancer treatment said that it made her day. And honestly, I thought it was kind of cute as well. But the whole time that I'm reading this, you know, and looking at the pictures, I'm like, all right, too bad that Peaches, my dog, doesn't have more fur. I mean, she literally has peach fuzz. So luckily, Peaches, who's still sitting on my lap, she's being very good right now. She kind of dodges bullet, but I will say she kind of looks very similar to the Grinch's dog. So maybe I just strap like an antler to her head and just say it's the Grinch's dog. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I guess, I don't know. It's, I think it's really easy to be a Grinch, especially around the holidays. And I'm not the biggest fan of holidays. I personally kind of hate Christmas and I think that it's so commercialized and it just brings mm -hmm. on so much unnecessary stress for people. But at the same time, I was telling my friend the other day because she was like, oh, I'm just not in the Christmas spirit. And I yesterday decided that I was going to have a hot chocolate slash white elephant gift giving party and threw this together and all my friends can show up, which I'm really happy they can make it because I know like the month of December is usually hectic for a lot of people. And again, I'm not the biggest fan of holidays, but my friend who was like, yeah, I'm just having a hard time getting into, you know, the holiday spirit. But I think it's like one of those things, like when it comes to working out, when you don't want to do it, I feel like that's when you need to do it. Like you need to go to exactly. the gym or when you don't have the holiday spirit, like suck it up. And if nothing else, put up a Christmas tree or do something nice for yourself or, you know, throw a party where you're with good friends. It doesn't have to be like over the top, but I just think it takes just as much effort to, you know, not be in the spirit as it does to be in the spirit. When you're, you know, faced with right or left, you know, to have fun or not to have fun, always pick the choice to have fun and to live your life and make the best memories that you can. That's how I feel about it. Could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. iTunes review. There's only one review. Dave the Hunter. So this guy is starting from square one, listening to all the episodes. And I believe he finished maybe 2019. I forget where episode 104 is, but his uh, it's pretty impressive. And he's been emailing me about each episode. I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. <clears throat> like he's literally listening to every episode <laughs> and commenting right on. on it. But Dave the Hunter, so titled Bringing Up the Episode 104, Five Stars. What can I say? Phenomenal variety of credible and coherent guests. The flavor is not unchanged since the first episodes, but has not lessened the value. Keep up the great work. Definitely not your typical 2A podcast. I guess because there isn't anyone else that wrote a review, you are undefeated. Dave the Hunter, email me, send me an address, and I will send you out a prize pack. And... Yeah, that's incredible. That's like some dedication. I feel like I should like send him like more than just your typical it's a prize loyal pack. fan right there. I know, no kidding. I don't even know if I want to go back and listen to all my old episodes. <laughs> for being honest, <laughs> listen to your voice. Yeah, don't you hate listening to your own voice? <laughs> I know. I don't even watch like my YouTube. I post. And I don't even watch them. I, just I know. Don't like sitting there watching myself. I know, because you always like one your your biggest. Cringe. Yeah. And you're like your biggest criticizer. Like you're like, why, why are you sitting like that? Why are you slouching? You know, why is your face like that? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you keep saying, um, every other. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Like I always have a tendency to be like, okay, awesome. Um, okay. That's awesome. You know what though? Instead of saying Mm -hmm. awesome, I'm going to be like, yeah, bet. And (laughs) hold on, wait, let me pull up my slang words. Yeah. It was mid or or he's a different breed or bussin yeah yeah man it's bussin it's bussin because he built different (laughs) there you go yeah i'm I'm gonna get so hip just give me a few minutes of practice and i'm gonna be there okay i'm gonna be like 20 something years again and it's gonna be great all right (laughs) time to wrap up if you guys enjoy the show consider becoming a patreon we're actually doing our secret santa within the patreon group right now it's a lot of fun some people have chose to do some gag gifts others really nice gifts either way it's just funny but if you want to have access to our patreon only facebook group become a patron you can do so by going to gunfunny.com and you know doing a pledge and uh, you get access right away to that group also blown deadline he's giving away a 300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month so if you want like an awesome one-of-a-kind cerakote job he is your guy also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Chedwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Writings. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Travis, thank you so much for all your time and letting us in on, you know, just a little bit of backstory of what got you to where you are. Keep up the good work. It's great to have you on Smith & Wesson's team. And can you just once again let listeners know what your website is and social media handles? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. It's a true pleasure and it's great to connect and become friends in Florida. Um, But people can find me on my website, kennedydefensivesolutions.com or on social media at Travis Kennedy 267. You pretty much could find me at those two handles. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, I will see you next week and I hope everyone has a great week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.